What's going on guys? Welcome back to the channel. Tavares here and I'm a little bit dealing with along the same lines of what I've been talking about the past few weeks. So if you haven't seen that video I done in regards to the live on someone being attractive or spiritual, can I actually have both? Um, obviously you guys know where I stand with that, but I felt the need to dive into this deeper depending on because of the comments and the, the messages that we were receiving um, in regards to a subject called attractive or erotic. And I think a lot of times we don't know if we're coming across as just physically attractive or coming across in a sexual manner. Um, and I think we, we really need to tackle that because that is a huge, huge definition, huge differences um, between lust um, and, and love. Huge differences between thinking someone is attractive and objectifying, objectifying them. You know, so that's a little bit what I want to talk about today. But before we get into anything, um, I'm not saying this because I need anyone to follow me, but please understand I have no backup accounts. I will message none of you um, regarding sewing into any ministry and uh, orphanage or any of those things. For the people that want to follow my personal page, you see it right there. It's on the screen. It is my name. I have no other accounts. I'm not creating any other accounts. Just follow Tavares Gray, Safa Gray, and the Golly Dating account. And that is all you need to follow. So if you are seeing spam accounts, please just go ahead and report it, delete it. I'm getting too many messages from people, you know, saying, Hey, I found, is this account you? No, none of them are me. People are trying to scam you guys out of money. If you would ever like to support this page, there are plenty of people who do support the page. Some do it through purchasing merch. Some do it, uh, a, a lot of you guys do it through Patreon. Um, and then people who do it through Patreon or YouTube subscribers, I try to give you guys constant devotionals, Bible studies, Q and A's all the time. So if you do want to support the page financially, I will gladly appreciate that, trust me. But I will never reach out to anyone for money. That's not why we created this ministry, okay? All right, ministry is not about boosting me, boosting my pockets. It's about helping God's people. So if you guys want to sow into us, great. But I don't have an orphanage in Africa, so stop falling for that. All right, so back to why we're here today. I want to talk about attractive or erotic, and it's something that I believe is really important for us to talk about because... It seems as though a lot of people are driven by lust and they may not even realize it. So when something is considered erotic, it's simply arousing sexual desires. It's not just physical beauty, but it's something about the way they're carrying themselves. It's a way to arise um, a sexual inclination. It's something to get um, someone desiring you, not just because you're beautiful, not just because you're handsome, but desiring you because of some type of sex appeal. Um, Many of us have always, I've heard people say, and I won't even use the person's name, but I've heard of someone, uh, a very popular artist, and a lot of people said, I don't think she's very attractive, but I think she's, I think uh, in a sexual way, it's like she does something to entice people. And maybe because a lot of these, you know, artists, you know, operate under a spirit of lust, but it's a, it's a, it's a huge difference between someone who's just beautiful and someone who is sexually appealing. And the difference um, that I think Christians should aim for is attractive. You're appealing, you're good looking, is a lot more than physical beauty. I think when it comes to someone that is attractive, that's someone that really can stimulate your mind. You make me laugh, so I'm attracted to you. You make um, you make me happier, so I'm attracted to you. You build me up, so I'm attracted to you. Because attraction goes way beyond just physical looks. And I think that's one of the things that Christians really should desire, being attractive. Uh, people should be attracted to the Holy Spirit within you because your nature, your character, not just your beauty, is something that, that inspires them, that encourages them. So today we're focusing on two things. Should Christians aim to be in a way that's provocative? 
um, you know, or erotic, or should we simply be attractive, or how to carry yourself in that way. And the second aspect I kind of want us to take a look at is the importance of carrying ourselves in an attractive manner um, in a way that is not you know, immodest. And before we even get into this episode, I'll just do it now. Let's just give a shout out to today's sponsor to the episode, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a company that I'm always telling you guys about. You know, I'm gr- I'm very grateful for the opportunity to work with them. You know, BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Golly Dating 101 podcast listeners will get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Golly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Godly or like you have just seen it on the screen. So today... I want to be very clear in how I go with this episode. I do understand that I have to tread carefully because whenever you talk about modesty, all it does is stir up debates. You know, um, I, I don't care to get into the, 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 the great details because in my opinion, modesty definitely can be viewed as very subjective. Um, to some people, modesty on women literally means skirts or pants. For some women, for some people, modesty on men is literally pants or, sh- or shorts. Um, for, we're never really addressing, um, you know, the deeper issues. A lot of times we're addressing superficial parts of modesty. But in my opinion, um, modesty is always the issue of the heart. And the reason why that's important for us to start off there is because a lot of Christians can dress a way that does not mean, that does not mean that our hearts are living a certain way. Because I know how easy it is to look the part, dress churchy, act churchy, you know, do whatever it is that church culture is telling us to do. But in reality, my heart still be filled with lust. I still won't forgive my neighbor. I'm still very rude to people at work. You know, it's very easy for us to pretend that we have it all together when in reality, our hearts are far away from God. So we have to understand to start there that modesty you know, is way more um, than just the outfit you have on because we, we want to make sure that our hearts are modest before God, that our, our, our hearts are pure before God. We want a mind that is pure before God and not just look the part because the devil was very beautiful, but he still had wickedness in his heart and that got him casted out of heaven. You know, so God is more concerned about our hearts. And I know a lot of times when we address the, 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 the nature of should Christians be sexy or should Christians present themselves in a sexual manner, a lot of people get defensive. And what they'll use, use is that verse out of Samuel where it says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And I feel as though we kind of, we kind of take that verse out of context and we don't really take it into consideration what God was actually telling us. So we're, we love to say God is the one looking at our hearts. Well, people look on the outside. Y'all could judge what I'm wearing on the outside, but God sees what's on the inside. But you also have to understand that people are the ones judging you as a Christian. People are the ones that, that need to know, are they really living that life? People are the ones that need to know, is there something about them that I need to know more about their God? So we need to make sure that we dress in a way that doesn't affect our witness. If we want to tell someone God is good, if we want to tell someone God has changed me, we want to tell someone God has redeemed me, but I still behave the way I used to. I still look the way I used to. I still live the way I used to. That's where a little bit of contradiction begins to creep in. So we have to understand that 
modest. While modesty is very subjective, that does not give us a license, you know, to be to be reckless. You know, so unfortunately, just the same in in the same manner that modesty is somewhat subjective, we have to understand that dressing provocatively or carrying yourself in a sexual manner is also subjective. Uh, I know, I know people aren't gonna be happy with me saying that because, but it's true. I know one person, you know, he tried to defend himself. If you guys know, I'm gonna reference that video a lot of times. A, a gentleman, you know, and I asked him on a channel, hey, why do you think a woman is gonna view you as a godly man and you're doing ads in a brief? You're doing, you, you never wear a shirt, you know, and I was asking questions along that lines, you know, and it's no offense to him. I'm, I'm not attacking him. You know, he came on the show and he, you know, he, he said, he stated his opinion. But one thing he said was, even if uh, even if I was out of shape, if I was a, a heavy set guy and I was posting it without a shirt on, no one would have called me a modest. But because I have muscles, people think I'm doing it for attention. And that's the crazy part, because a lot of times that is true. I'm of the persuasion that whether you're in the shape you desire to be or you're not, you should still cover up. You should still present yourself in a way that won't be a stumbling block for someone. You know, so we have to be careful with that. I get that it can be very subjective, but that does not mean God called us to do whatever we want to do. Like I work out very often and I genuinely hate sharing. Um, I, I don't even record as much videos as I used to in the past because I, I feel as though now I have to watch my angles. I have to worry about who's going to be tempted and all those things. And because I don't care to be a stumbling block for anyone, I'm not going to post certain things. And now many of you are going to listen to it. It's just like, Tavares, you can't control what people say. You can't control what people do. You cannot live your life in fear. I'm not going to live my life worrying about how everyone is going to judge me. I'm not going to live my life thinking that those things define me as a Christian. But we do have to understand if you claim to love your brother or your sister in Christ, you do need to be more mindful of the things you put on, the things you say. Here's a, a, a couple of verses that I use as my point of reference. So this, um, Romans 14, 19 through, through 21 in the Christian, stand, Christian Standard Bible. I need to slow down. It says, so then let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. It is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. So we see right there in those verses, Paul is writing in response to something that is going on that's causing people to stumble. Right now, it's food given to idols, you know, all those things. And while he's talking about food here, I think it's still a principle that we can apply to our lives. Um, I'm not going to eat chicken if I know it's going to cause my vegan brother or sister to stumble. I'm not going to offer them chicken and tell them, hey, bro, bless it and eat it, knowing they have a conviction that says that's inappropriate. So now when I apply that verse to my life, I have to understand I cannot tell someone I can wear whatever I want. It is you that have a lust problem, so you need to correct your actions. When in reality, I need to be more mindful that someone can see that and stumble. And I have to understand that when I'm sinning against my brother or sister, the Bible says I'm sinning against God. When I'm causing someone to stumble, when I'm caught, when I'm the cause, I'm not talking about people with issues. I'm not talking about people that have anger problems and always get upset. People with lust problems that are going to lust even if you're in a blanket. I'm not talking about that. But when I am the cause of someone stumbling, I have to take into consideration, maybe I could have done better. And I think that that definitely relates to Christian maturity. As we grow, we don't want to cause people to stumble. So we're more mindful of the things that we do, but we cannot allow ourselves to to disregard how people view things and tell them they just need to grow up you know so i need to make sure that i'm dressing in a way that's not provocative like um on patreon when we went over this 
I'm trying to get the quote that my brother said. Uh, one of our brothers um, named Kenny on Patreon, he said it like this. You can't control how people react. But you can control what they react to. And what I'm telling you, that is so profound because it's the, it's the God honest truth. I cannot control what anyone chooses to, to, to think. They can have a lust problem. I can't control how they react to me. But I can control if I gave them something to stumble because of. And there was a person that I wanted on the podcast. And I think, man, sis drops great wisdom. Uh, we do have some guests lined up. Trust me. I'm just trying to get some things lined up in regards to figuring out a new software that I've been using. But... There was a young lady, and it's no offense to her. I think you have a very inspirational page, but I do see that there are some times where some things that you've posted, man, I'm not, I'm, this can cause somebody to stumble. And my thing is, it's not a matter of me saying, oh, tomorrow should follow them and you shouldn't. You know, that, that would be hypocritical. But I have to be mindful of the people that I endorse because I believe that when God elevates you, I believe that when God calls you to a, a greater level, when God gives you a platform, when God allows you to be a minister, you have to change some things. And I think that's the problem with Christianity today. Whenever you tell someone Jesus loves you, everyone is crying. We're passionate. We, we're singing Maverick City, you know, Jehovah Jireh. We're talking about the goodness of God. But when we talk about God is saying, come out from among them and be separate, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, a lot of times we disregard that or we think that preacher is speaking heresy or we think that preacher is too legalistic. There's so many people that have cut off the podcast saying I've been judging them. And then there's so many people saying, nah, bro, you've been helping. So it's so easy for us to go where it feels comfortable. But we have to understand that as God begins to purge you, as you begin to grow as a believer, God is not expecting you to stay where you are. We love to say um, come as you are. Yes, God does invite you to come to him the very same way that you are. He doesn't ask you to change your lifestyle before you turn to him, but he doesn't expect you to stay there after he reaches you. Come as you are, but you're not going to stay that way. God loves you too much to leave you in the sins of your past. You know, so we have to be careful of that. So on the other side, I may think somebody's immodest, but you know, you guys may view it as legalistic or, you know, overthinking. So it can be very subjective, you know, so I, I don't want, I don't want you guys to, to, to view it as though Tavares has the determining factor on what modesty is. I don't. That's why I try to stay away from that. This is a hard subject, especially dealing with without my wife. Um, but even then, we don't have the answers on a man must do this. A woman must do this. I can only show you what the scriptures say. So please don't view me as the modesty police. Um, we don't have the answers. But a verse that we aim to live by when it comes to this conversation is found in Philippians 2 and 12. It says, therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So my job isn't to determine who makes it into heaven. My job isn't to tell you, oh, that person is a fake Christian because her skirt's too low, her pants too tight. He's a fake Christian because he's not wearing a shirt. He's a fake Christian because he should have been in this. That's not, God didn't give me a platform for me to become anybody's holiness police. That's not, that's not what God gave us a platform to do. I'm only trying to encourage people to pursue after the things of God. And my goal is to live for God and make sure my house is in order. Because there are so many people that are going to tell you that's perfectly fine for you to dress like that when God never approved of it. There are so many people that are going to tell you you shouldn't dress like that when God never condemned it. There are so many people who are going to try to manipulate scripture to try to make you believe something. And that's why I tell people, don't listen to what Tavares is saying. Examine the words 
alongside the scripture. And as you study scripture, not as not as as you listen to more podcasts and your favorite preachers, but as you study scripture, God is going to change you into his image. Because a lot of Christians have been in the faith for 10, 20, 30, 45 years, and they have not matured in Christ because they don't know God's voice. They only know their pastor's voice. They only know the popular preacher's voice. I heard a preacher, I'm not going to say his name, um, but he said something that was so... And I'm not, I'm not even one of those who try to chase heresy type people, but I guess the word you could say is heretical. Like it was, it was straight blasphemous, but people in his church were clapping and saying, amen. And I was just like, did you guys really just hear the same statement I just heard? And it wasn't something that could have been like personal, personal opinion. He's wrong, but it was something that was just genuinely biblically wrong. And my thing is, I just have to say, Lord, help me to work out my own salvation and not worry about these people. But I wanted to lay that groundwork so we could dive into what I want to talk about um, really today. Talk briefly, won't keep you too long. But I want you to ask yourself this. Am I presenting myself as erotic? Am I presenting myself as a seductress? Am I presenting myself as someone that is lustful? And I'm talking about, I don't mean you're so good looking. There are so many ladies out there, so many fellas out there. Listen, anybody could say, man... You, you're the best looking thing there is. Anybody can say this dude is handsome. This girl is beautiful. Body on point. Everything on point. Look at the look at the beard. Everybody can say all those things about you. My point is not God doesn't want you to be. God doesn't want you to be attractive. God has called no one to be ugly. You're God's creation. He's called no one to be ugly. But I want you to ask yourself this: Am I presenting myself that in a way that is lustful? Am I presenting myself in a way that doesn't reflect Christ but reflects my curves? Am I presenting myself in a way that allows you to see everything about this physique, but you'd never feel pointed back to God? Am I presenting myself in a way that pleases your flesh, glorifies my flesh, but it doesn't glorify God? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That's what I want us to take a moment and consider right now. In the Bible, in Genesis 38, we see that there's a man named Judah, and he had a, a half-child, a, a, a stepdaughter, a daughter-in-law named Tamar. So Judah had three children, Ur, Onan, and Shelah. So now she marries Ur, and because his ways are not pleasing to God, the Bible says that God killed him. And I think we forget that the God of the Old Testament is the same God as the New Testament. God does judge sin, so we need to still aim to live in live in his righteousness, live in his grace, and stay in his presence, because you can't just do whatever you want. Uh, once saved, always saved. Listen, abide by the principles that God set forth, because if you don't, sin leads to, towards death, as it says in Romans. But Ur wasn't living for God, so God killed him. Now, time for the second child, Judah's second son, Onan, to go ahead and give her a child. Because he has to give his older brother a child. You know, that's what the right thing for him to do. And he's like, nah, this it won't even be considered my child. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to give her a child. So the Bible says, instead of ejaculating um, on the inside, he goes ahead and he spills his seed on the ground. Bible says that God wasn't pleased with his actions and God is like, nah, unacceptable. God kills him too. 
So now there's another child who's too young. So she can't get the, the third um, son at, to be her husband. They tell her to wait. Just go ahead and be, you know, just go ahead and be a widow. Go ahead and stay right there. Unfortunately, as the child grew up, she was not given the child to marry. She wasn't given to her Shila, um, Shila, Shila, however you guys pronounce it, for her to marry. I want you guys to read Genesis 38 because you guys don't understand the type of stuff that's inside the Bible. But she she sees that he grows up and they didn't offer her towards him as a wife. So she's looking like, oh, nah, this ain't this ain't about to work. Y'all are playing me. You told me to stay in this house and wait for a child and none. you're not even going to marry me? Nah, this is. So she started getting frustrated, you know. And she decides, hey, listen here, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Many of y'all, many of us, plenty of times God has made us wait on something and we decided we're going to take matters into our own hands. You don't want to give me what I should get? Okay, don't worry. I'll handle it. And that's what she does. She says, I'm going to go ahead and take care of this myself. Right? So and then, who else? who else do you know in scripture that took matters into their own hands? Abraham's wife, Sarah, decides, well, if I just give you Hagar, you'll, she'll give you the child that God promised us. Even though God promised the child to Abraham and Sarah, she decides to take matters to her own hands. And that led to a lot of mistakes and a lot of issues. Yes, Ishmael ended up being blessed, but that led to a whole lot of controversy in the family and into nations to come. But this woman takes matters to her own hands and she does something that I want you guys to see. Please read Genesis 38 when you get off of this podcast. It's, it's gonna, it's, uh, you're going to see the point that I'm making. She dresses up as a prostitute, and then she meets her father-in-law, Judah. So Ju- Judah, if I'm not mistaken, was just recovering over the, the death, of, death of his wife. If I'm mistaken, my apologies. But Judah sees her dressed as a prostitute, and he goes up to her asking her to have sex with her because he's assuming she's a prostitute. This woman is like, well, what are you going to give me in exchange? And he promises her something. She's like, how are you? How do I know you're going to give me something? And he's like, well, you know, here's the signet, whatever. It's, it's a long story. But my point being is this. He went after her for sex because of how she was dressed. A prostitute in those days, a, uh, prostitutes in, in today's days, you, you don't even know how they may look. You know what I mean? Just random women on the side of the road. You may not even realize it. Only fans is prostitution, whether you... Whether that's going to be a you know a flag on on YouTube or not, I'm sorry, but all these things, and I want you to understand that he knew she was a prostitute because of how she was dressed. He knew she was a harlot because of how she was dressed, and then he decided, you know, because he was fooled, he decided, oh, he he used her appearance as the guide to determine that's the woman he's going to sleep with. I want you guys to see two things, two things about about that situation. Your clothing defines how you view yourself and your clothing will define how you view your walk with God. A lot of people, we don't realize that people are going to view us a certain way because of how we are dressed. People are going to address us a certain way because of how we are dressed. So now I mentioned ladies first. Um, A lot of times, a lot of our sisters, they, you know, they post a picture, beautiful picture, selfie, fully dressed, whatever. Eight likes. They post a bikini picture. They post a side view, so you see how how you see how everything is shaped. You know, you see the cup and you see all those things. And say they get three hundred likes rather than the eight before. You may say to the mature woman listening to this, "Well, it's a coincidence. I'm not. I don't post those that often. You know, so no big deal." 
But there are some women who struggle with insecurities. They struggle with self-worth and because they want that validation, they'll continuously do it. They'll continue to post certain things that they know, man, it'll get that guy's attention. The guy I really want, he likes me when I post that. So they continuously do it. So they trade in self-respect for attention. And there's so many guys... You may think you're presenting yourself as a godly guy. And that's why I wanted to bring on my boy Chris in that last episode. Because I was like, bro, that's not coming across in a way that reflects Christ. I, at least from a, another male's perspective, to tell you as a brother in Christ, I feel as though some of those things were inappropriate. I want you to understand that when people view your page or when they view how you dress, when they view how you present yourself, they've already made a distinction on what they think about you. Whether you love God or not, I want you to understand that you may love God. You may sing like an angel. You may sing all his praises. You may have Maverick City's three-hour-long album memorized. You know how to flow in the spirit. You know how to prophesy. You speak in tongues. You do all these things. But the moment, but they don't see any of those things. But the moment they saw that thong bikini, listen here, whether you want to accept it or not, they've already made a preconceived notion about you in their mind. They're not thinking, oh, that woman is so virtuous, that woman is so godly. And I'm not saying you're not. I would never accuse somebody, hey, I, I may not think so, but I cannot say, you know, right from wrong. You know, I can only try to judge righteously as the Bible tells us to, but only God is the final judge. So I want you to understand that the same way Judah was fooled into thinking this was a prostitute because of how she was dressed is the same way you have to understand that people are going to think a certain thing about you because of how you are dressed. So if someone is pursuing after you and they constantly keep trying to get sex, imagine, is it possible? You have to think for yourself, is it possible that I have been advertising myself in a sexual manner? Is it possible that I have been promoting my body rather than promoting my character? Have I been promoting my curves more than promoting Christ? Have I been showing you is is all that there is to me is just my beauty rather than telling you there's more to me like my character. And that's why I want you guys to understand this because I trust me, I know this, it may be sensitive. If you're understanding and you're on YouTube, please let me know in the comments that you, you agree or let me know where you disagree because I, I, I don't want to come across as I'm judging anyone. It is not Tavares's, it is not Jane Doe, whatever woman on the road, it's not their problem if I struggle with lust. None of you, none of you. It's not your problem if I struggle with lust. You can wear what you want. If a person struggles with lust, it doesn't matter what you have on. They're going to be struggling with lust. But if I intentionally wear something that it is always formed fitting, if I intentionally do something that I have to show you something popping out, if, I, if I'm if i a guy and I'm always showing something where my pants are tight enough that you can read my debit card number, I can't wear a shirt, you can do fitness in full, fully clothed. I don't understand why all fitness influencers are feeling the need to not wear clothes anymore. We believe you have a six pack, bro. You don't have to show us. Sis, we know we don't, we don't have to see it in every post. But I want you to understand that you you cannot control how I struggle. But if you give me something to look at, then you have to understand that you are giving me stumble, something to stumble over. Man, I... Trust me, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to deliver in a way that I feel it because I feel the Holy Spirit pressing this on me. Because today's day and age, we have no idea that we are struggling with pornography. We have no idea. You may think, I have not watched pornography in years, but the Bible is telling us that there's such a high standard of purity. There's such a high standard of righteousness that we should strive for. And we're allowing the media to desensitize us. We're allowing... 
you know, new trends and new outfits and all these things to desensitize us that so many people are constantly doing things that they think, okay, well, this is normal. When in reality, it isn't normal. God doesn't want us entertaining certain things or he doesn't want us dressing in a way that brings glory to ourselves and not to him. So I have to ask myself, what do my clothes say about me? What, what, what am I telling people? How am I telling people to address me? You know, there's a there's a story my pastor told, um, you know, because traditional, he's always in a suit, you know, but he ended up going to court. I don't know what the reason was. I think he probably went to support someone. I don't know. But whatever. They saw him in court. And I think he was saying something like you had to sit towards the back. But he didn't know that um, he sat towards the front and they literally addressed him as the, the lawyer for <laughs> for one of the defendants. I don't know. These things only happen to that guy. But they literally assumed because of how he was dressed, you're in a suit in court. Oh, you must be a lawyer. You must be an attorney, prosecutor, something like that. So they treated him like one until, you know, he had to let them know like, oh, we, we there's a little bit of a mix up. So I want you to understand this. And I'm not telling anyone go walk around in a suit all day, go walk around a long skirt all day. I'm not telling you you have to do any of those things. What I'm telling you is this. People are going to address you the way they see you. So while you may think, while you may think, oh, that's their problem. Nah, you have to understand <laughs> Uh, there, there must be self-accountability. I know that's a word that we don't like in today's day and age, but accountability is something that all believers must live by. We must abide by it. We need to be accountable to God, to others, and we need people in our corner to tell us when we need to um, step things up. You know, so I know many people that think men only desire sex. I don't think that's always true. You know, sometimes you can inadvertently give off that vibe that, you know, if you say the right thing, maybe she'll she'll let you go take her out on a date. And there's a lot of men that give off that flirty vibe also. Whereas you thought you were just being nice and she looking like he led me on. You know what I mean? So we have to understand that it is very possible that we could be leading people on and don't even realize it. But the same way Tamar, you know, she she stepped outside of, you know, God's will by doing such a thing. She shouldn't have done that, pretend to be a prostitute. We have to understand that we don't need to rush God's timing. We don't need to take matters into our own hands like Sarah did with Hagar. When we do those things, it always leads to mistakes. It always leads to issues. So if God is making you wait on something, please understand he's preparing you for the things you're praying for. If God is making you wait, please understand that he's chiseling away at things in your life that need to be worked on or he's working on the person that you're going to meet. You know, So we have to not feel as though... God being God, God not answering our prayer immediately means He's rejecting us. No, He's just preparing you. Um, you know, and I think this can obviously be manifested in different ways. You know, not just the way you dress, the way you carry yourself, the flirty nature, the sexual innuendos, and you're always doing the raunchy comments. Um, I planned on doing a podcast last year, the middle of last year, I think it was. I shouldn't even memorize this guy when he got married, but I guess that's how I memorized when he was kind of get married. But I had a episode planned. Uh, in the middle of last year called Raunchy Christians. Um, but unfortunately, it literally was going to air the week when a famous celebrity, Christian celebrity, and his spouse got married and they posted pictures of her like twerking on him. And it was, if you know what I'm talking about, then you get it. I'm not mentioning any names because I don't want to seem like I'm attacking him. But imagine if I would have posted uh, something on raunchy Christians and Christians being inappropriate <laughs> the same day that the man got married. You know, so I couldn't post it then. It was a huge issue. It's around like June, July-ish, around there sometime, I think. Um... But I want you guys to understand something the Bible says about modesty. 1 Timothy 2 verses 8 through 10. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Also, the women are to dress themselves in modest clothing with decent 
decency and good sense, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold, pearls, or expensive apparel, but with good works, as is proper for women who profess worship. And in my opinion, obviously, we I don't I don't just exclude just those last two verses and say, oh, women need to abide by modesty. I'm not one of those people. I think men have to abide by modesty as well. And that's why it says, I want you guys to lift up holy hands without anger and judgment. Most men struggle with either anger or lust. You can't lift up holy hands while dealing with lust. You can't. And you can't have holy, a holy heart while holding in anger and argument. So I believe that the Bible mentions a lot of inward holiness in regards to modesty for men and a lot of outward holiness in regards to women. Not because women can't have heart issues, but maybe because men are, um, you know, visual. I don't try to get into that because a lot of people view that as a patriarchal vo um, verse and then, you know, just a whole bunch of arguing unnecessarily. But the second aspect I just want you guys to focus in on before we get ready to wind this down is... I'm, you know, it's going back to, are you presenting yourself in a sexual way? You know, so I, I just want to stay on, stay there for just a second. And I want you to understand this. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says it like this. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. So I know many people will, will hear this and leave possibly thinking this came from a place of judgment, controlling, manipulation, legalism. You know, a lot of people are going to take whatever, you know, stance they want. I don't think I don't think everything I say is easily palatable. I don't think it's very easy for most people to digest. But I want you guys to understand what 1 Corinthians 6 is telling us. It's telling us, a lot of people say, I'm grown, I can do what I want. Or a lot of people say, you can't tell me what to do. A lot of people say, that's not Bible. A lot of people say, well, well, I feel like doing this. Or or that's my style. I don't think God wants to cramp anyone's style. God wants to save us from the world, but that doesn't mean he takes, he takes away your style. But God wants to renew your style because a lot of the things we wore when we were unsaved should not be the same things we wear when we were saved. Or the things we listened to. Or the people we dated. Or the places we... You know, we had fun at shouldn't necessarily be the same. But the verses say, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You don't belong to yourself. You know, and that's why when we tell God, I can wear what I want. You know, we don't tell it to God directly, but inadvertently we're saying it. I can wear what I want, you know, or I can do what I want. We're telling God, actually, you didn't buy me with a high price. I still own myself. When in reality, we have to take the time to say, Okay, well, if God owns me, we have ownership. God owns me. We have to understand if God owns me, then that means I should be trying to do things his way. Because if he owns me, then that means I'm no longer my own boss. Paul mentioned being dead in Christ. And the issue that I think that a lot of Christians have today is Christians no longer want to die. We don't want our flesh to die. We don't want our desires to die. We don't want our worldly habits to die. We simply want God to get on board with what we want. And we have to stop that mentality because if I, if the Bible tells me that I'm bought with a high price, then that means that I should live in a way that glorifies him. I shouldn't be worrying about, oh, I'm dressing this way because it's going to show my body. If I dress this way, I know I'm going to break next. If I dress this way, it's going to get attention. But then that makes me wonder if my goal is to be attractive or my goal is to be sexual. And the Bible has not called any Christian to be sexy. 
The only person you need to be sexy for is your spouse. Your spouse is the only one that needs them nudes. No one else needs them. Your spouse is the only person that needs to see all them curves. Only your spouse needs it. Your spouse is the only one that needs to see the prints. Your, them gray sweatpants, bro, put them back in the closet. Put them back on when you're married. No one needs to see these things until you're married. And if you're bought with a price, you must honor God with your body. So I'm not talking to the people that aren't saved. I'm not talking to the people that don't have the Holy Spirit. Please understand that. I'm not judging you. But if you are claiming you are redeemed, the Bible mentions... Romans 6, that when you are baptized into Christ, you are buried with him, which means you died with him. And now you should be walking in newness of life. So if I'm saying that I'm buried with him and I'm walking in my old lifestyle, then it is a, pro a proving factor that I am not actually living what I'm claiming to be living. Harsh reality. Trust me. I know sometimes I get a little rough. But please understand it's not coming from a place of judgment. It's coming from a place where I love you enough to challenge you. There are so many people that are not willing to do that, but I don't care about being famous. It's overrated. I don't care about getting money. What does that matter if I if I did all of that and I never helped you become who God was calling you to be? So please understand that God. I'm not saying and I'm not saying just focus on the Lord, wear the most basic outfit. Don't don't no one should know you have curves. Listen, people know you got curves. People know you got muscles. People know you're you're handsome, you're attractive. People know those things. But the goal should never be focus on me more than you focus on the things this more than you focus on the things of Christ. You know, so I want you guys to understand that ultimately it's always the motives that matter most. Am I wearing this because it's going to get me attention? Am I wearing this knowing it may, you know, what's the word? Accentuate certain parts of my body that can be sexually explicit. Am I posting this because it's going to get me attention and I really need somebody to, I, I just need a guy to shoot a shot. Like, you know, I know a lot of ladies like, you know what you post can draw attention. Most mature people that I know, they know if what they're wearing is sexy or not. And that's a lot of people when they wear certain things, they don't even post it. And that's why I'd be wondering why Christians feel the need to post everything. It's like we want validation from others. Just go ahead and do what you want to do. You don't have to seek after validation. James 4, 2 and 3 says, You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Hear me when I say this. Motives matter. And a lot of people, God is not answering some prayers because our motives may be wrong. Harsh truth but please hear me. It's from a place. It's from a place of love. I want to. I want us all to take the moment to start seeing. Am I reflecting Christ? That should be our goal. Because when the Bible makes it clear about what happens when we, when we're when, when we're presenting ourselves sexual, or when someone presents themselves themselves as sexual, Proverbs five and seven. I want you guys to see those verses and read them when you can. But it's on the screen. It says Proverbs five. Uh, for the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, and as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave, for she cares nothing about the path of life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I am about to say. What I'm about to say, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. 
That's what Proverbs 5 is warning us about that type of lustful person. Proverbs 7 gives us the same type of instruction. Say, so listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Do you not understand? The Bible is clear. When you engage in with someone with that spirit of lust, never pursue someone when you think that they have an erotic nature. I'm not talking about someone that's attractive. I'm not talking about a woman with a thick body. I'm not talking about a woman with all the beauty in the world. I'm not talking about a man who has muscles. I'm not talking about a man who's just so incredibly handsome to you that it's a problem. No, I'm not talking about beauty. God wants you to be beautiful. He wants you to be attractive, but never entertain someone when you see, man, there's a root of lust that, that needs to be addressed because you see what those verses said. Those verses said it leads to death. They have ruined many lives. So please understand many people in this world, even in the church are pursuing worldly mates. And why is because their desire, their appetite desires it. Is because we have not asked God to renew our mind. See, a lot of people manipulate, you know, the verse that says, delight in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. All, all people read is, you know, if I love God, he's going to give me everything I want. No, when you delight in God, he's changing your desires. So if my desires keep desiring worldly women, carnal women, worldly men, carnal men, I have to ask God to continue to work on my heart because I don't want to have... I don't want to have um, the devil answer a prayer because the devil will send you exactly what you desire. But I want my desires to be God's desires. And I think a lot of this is rooted in the fact that people need a social media cleanse. I think I'm going to do that probably with our Patreon crew. Challenge them to do that. If you guys would ever be up to it, let me know. It'll probably be seven days or maybe even 30. You know, if you guys want our content, you obviously just turn on post notifications. But just in no media. Because a lot of people think that the guys in church are boring. He's not boring. You've just conditioned your mind to be with the worldly guys who wants to fornicate. He's not He's not boring and dry. No, he just probably loves God. And when you love God, when someone loves God, they're going to be very boring to someone with a carnal mind. No, sis is not unattractive. That woman is not ugly. That woman is not boring. The problem is you keep chasing these perverse women because you think they're, they're supposed to be keeping up with the Kardashians or whoever celebrities out there. And we're comparing godly women and godly men to worldly influences and allowing them to be our standard. The word of God is the only only standard Christians should be abiding by. I mean, I hope despite me being, you know, pretty heavy on today's subject that you guys fully understand where I'm coming from. Um, because honestly, I don't want any of you to feel as though this is a way to attack people. I'm not the modesty police. Plenty of you can see something and say, man, that wasn't modest. I had people tell me, stop wearing short sleeve shirts on my YouTube because it's immodest. And I'm just like, Please just unfollow my page because I, now you're reaching, you know, but I want you to understand that if I know there's a possibility and understand, I'm talking about the Bible says as much as lies within you live at peace with everyone. So if there's a possibility that I'm being a stumbling block, I need to seek God and ask him like Psalm 139, God search me and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Please understand that God wants us to search ourselves and to see if I'm dressing in a way that is attractive, which is perfectly fine, or in a way that is provocative, which is completely sinful and against the will of God. Or am I pursuing someone because they're attractive? Or am I pursuing after people with that provocative nature? 
And that's where God has a problem with it. So I hope this definitely enriched you guys. I know a little bit longer than normal, but I'm praying that the, the Holy Spirit spoke something to you, challenged you, and you know that he blesses you. Love y'all. See you next week, Thursday. Peace.